All right. We are live. We are back in the house with an actual live episode. Welcome back to the Blockument, crypto education through everyday conversations. Yeah. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. My name is Nate Talbot. I'm the executive director of Detroit Blockchain Center. And to my right is... Ashley Rose. I am your everyday girl, um, reseller, and mom. Nice, nice. And to her right, we have a special guest in the house tonight. Well, I guess this morning. It's tonight someplace, though. Yes, someplace. Must be too early. It is too early. Um, We got Brian in the house. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, Give us a little introduction. Who are you? Oh, I'm I'm Brian. Um, I'm from Guatemala. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a crypto consultant. And uh, my base customer is in Latin America, and we work using uh, cryptocurrencies. All right, nice, nice. And we got Brian in the house tonight. Be today, I don't know. Why I keep saying tonight. I don't know. I'm excited. Today is Super Bowl day. I'm sporting my, you know, go Chiefs <laughs> jersey. So I'm excited about tonight. That must be why. Um, today we're talking about how developing nation utilize Bitcoin, stable coins, and crypto, and you know, the best way, I think, to get some insight on all that, we can speculate all day, but unless you're sort of there, been there, seeing it firsthand, it's hard to, uh, what you hear and what the reality is are two different things. Brian's been there. Yep. Seen it. Lived it. Right. So we're going to talk about it, get his perspective, ask our questions, and uh, hopefully educate a little bit. So you you said you're from Guatemala. Yeah. All right. Tell us about that. What's Guatemala like? Oh, it's um, it's a beautiful country um, where you can see that the monetary system um, is like basically destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very corrupt, and and you can just see it in in your uh, regular day, every day. Right. Um. So, what's the uh, what is the money base they use there? Quetzales. Gitales? Gitales. All right. And you say it's corrupt. What what makes it corrupt besides, you know, it's probably fiat, so corrupt yeah, by nature. Yeah. But other than that, what, what where's sort of the root cause of the problem, do you think? Oh, the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar? Yeah, because um, so every every currency in Latin America is backed by, by the U.S. dollar. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> how does that affect? What, what effect does that have? Like inflation um, has, um, you know, like a lot of corruption um, because there's no like you cannot track what they do with uh, the the dollars or mm-hmm. the quetzales. So, so if you cannot track what they do with the dollars, how can you track what they do with quetzales if it's True backed that. by dollars? True that. A lot of uh, abstraction there, I guess. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was one of my premises is that during the uh, whole pandemic lockdown when the U.S. was printing up all this money. And remember, uh, over the past couple years, like 40% of all U.S. dollars ever created were created just in the past few years. Yeah, right? that's wild. And they cut us here checks for that. Right. Some of us, right? We'd get a couple checks. Right. Um, and plus all the other money that flowed through with PPP loans and all mm-hmm. of this. 
And, and they help with unemployment. Yeah, they did, they did all of that. Yeah, yeah, you could not work and we're still making like 600 a week, you know. Oh, plus. <clears throat> plus, yeah. Yeah. That was your base. And it seems all good for us because we're here and we get to be the benefactors. But that was one of my arguments was like, yeah, but you got these dollarized nations like in South America, like Ecuador's mm-hmm. dollarized. Um, they don't get a check. Right. You know what I mean? And then you got like Guatemala where there's back. They don't get a check. And, you know, if you're in what Guatemala, if you got $10,000 saved and we inflate the money pl- supply by 40 percent. Mm-hmm. Well, that means we just decreased your savings by 40%, right? Your 10 grand turns to like six grand. Right. And mm-hmm. they're already living off of a way smaller wage than what we are here. So, yeah, what's the um, quality uh, of living like there? What's so the, the, minim, the, the minimal wage there is like $350 a month. Um, yeah. Wh- what is what if you're renting, what would be like the uh, average rental cost? Uh, in dollars, let's say. 150. All right, so you're paying about, about half. half of your, oh, yes. Half, yeah. yes. Just on the rent. Just on rent. Huh. And what What about the class system? Tell us about, like, the class system there as far as, like, you have lower class, middle class. You know, I haven't spent a lot of time in South America. I was in Ecuador mm-hmm. um, for a few weeks. And uh, I did notice, that, you know, you think you see class structures yeah. here. And then you go there, and it's like... This magnified times a billion. Exactly. But I don't want to say like every country is the same. So I, I think every country in, in Latin America is the same. Yeah. I've, I, all or right. at the very least similar. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So what, what's, what are people there doing to sort of counteract any of the, uh, like the inflation problems, the monetary problems? Is there anything happening there? Um, not in many countries. Um, there are things happening in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things happening in in Brazil and things happening in Venezuela, um, right. where in Venezuela they a lot of people uses crypto to you know like to counteract uh, the problem they have. Yeah. Well, you know, all my no coiner friends tell me <laughs> it's only making it worse because now we're taking people who are already um, struggling with poverty and now they're just speculating and gambling. And crypto is that how you see it? That's not how I see no. it. I mean, I, I can I can see it because these people uh, they think. I mean, they hear that people made a lot of money uh, doing, uh, using crypto or doing crypto. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, when when you're poor and somebody tells you, hey, you can change your life if you buy this, you, you know what I mean? Like you you're going to like buy it and hoping that it goes high so you can sell it for a profit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, I would say that's a problem in Latin America because a lot of people want that. Um, and they start, you know, trading or they start investing in, in coins that are not really coins. Right. <laughs> um, well, it opens up room for scams because people are so new. I mean, just like people here are so new too. Everyone's all learning together. But I think like the cool thing about Brian is that he um, has a community where he's helping teach people from the Latin American countries, mm-hmm. um, Spanish-speaking countries, to like he, he's educating them on like how to get involved and how to preserve their wealth using cryptos and um, yeah, like that. I think that's really cool. 
I think you just had a key piece. Um, I don't care where you're at. One of the um, number one things for any investment asset, I think, are, is the idea of preserving wealth first. Not getting rich, not getting wealthy. First, preserve wealth. Mm -hmm. You got $100, save your $100. Mm -hmm. yeah. Purchasing power. Mm -hmm. Especially with what's going on around here now. Like, like you said, 40% inflate, like printed. Yeah. So. yeah, but we don't see it here much in America. So it's hard to talk to a lot of people here about Bitcoin, crypto in general, because it's just a speculation tool for yeah. them, right? It's just like, oh, this is right. some traders do. You're just playing the casino. Versus like South America, countries like you name, like Venezuela, Argentina, Brazil. Um, I was talking with a developer friend. Uh, she's from Brazil and was like breaking it down. I didn't know Brazil was as bad as, like I knew Brazil had problems. Yeah. Talking to her, I didn't realize like the problems. Yeah, real problems. And like you got countries even like Mexico, which is like right next door. Yeah. Uh, how much remittance, how much they depend on things like remittances, right? And so for people who don't know remittances, um, when, you know, you're from someplace and you leave and then you send money back, that's basically remittances. Right. And that's what people use, like, I don't know, Western what are they using Union. better? Like Western Union, Western MoneyGram. Mm -hmm. Western Union is a big one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they tax you. Like, when you yeah. use, like, a Western, you have to pay money to send money, like, big money. Big money. Um, and they know your information. They know yeah. even where you live. <laughs> right. Because you have to give them the address. Yeah. yeah. Not, I know some countries, yeah. I have some people, like, in the Middle East, not only do they know your countries, they got to know, like, everybody who's in that chain of custody. Who you sending it to? What's your relationship with them? Why mm -hmm. are you sending them money? Yeah. Like, they get really, really invasive. Yeah. Um, and can just, what, determine you don't get the money. So you yeah. got you got a yeah. family you're supporting, right, in Guatemala, yeah. and you go to send this month's rent. Yep. Yeah. And they're like, eh. Yeah. I don't think, no, uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Not this, not this week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do... Do you know of people using anything like that, and what, sort of what's their experience? Like in in crypto, both. Like like using yeah. crypto. Yeah. yeah so I know I know people sending money using uh, Western Union. Mm -hmm. That's basically what everybody uh, uses. Um, but yeah, the fees are high, and also like if you if you wanna have the money, like if I send money to my family in Guatemala, mm -hmm. I will have to pay a premium. Um, so I so they can get it like as fast as one hour. What kind of premium are we talking about? Uh, like uh, like ten percent. Like I think it's nine percent of whatever you're sending. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot when you uh, <laughs> in your country that already doesn't have much anything, and they're taking. You, yeah. you said you make three hundred fifty dollars a month there on yeah. average, and so that's forty bucks of that gone. That's a lot even here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's even more over there. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I compare it to here maybe is there's a lot of predatory lending, right? If you mm -hmm. go to, like, low-income areas yeah. here, they can't ha they're unbanked. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to go to someplace like uh, a liquor store, yeah. and they're going to do the same thing. They're going to charge, like, 10% of your check. Yeah, high yeah. interest, yeah. Yep, just, just for that. Um, so we say we're talking about, like, crypto. Um, I know in Venezuela, when they saw their massive uh, inflation, you know, that was like 2019 mm -hmm. into the COVID era, um, every every single crypto creator, right, hops on and is like, no, our currency is the one that's saving them all. So I've heard stories about like Dash in Venezuela, um, you know, you got Bitcoin in like El Salvador, parts of Africa. 
Um, which what cryptos are you seeing that are people are actually using in Latin America? Um, yeah. USDT. USDT. Yeah. That's I, 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 I think I think that's like the one that everybody like the most people use. Yeah. Because it's a stable coin, you know, it's like right. stable coin. Um, so one USDT is one dollar. Right. So that way they don't have to convert and do any like. Yep. Um, and that's from my understanding mostly because uh, a lot of countries have all these capital controls. You familiar with no. capital controls? No. Um, so basically, when a country, what makes the U.S. dollar? Why does it have value? Right. Yeah. And it's not gold, because it's not backed by gold, for everybody who still yeah. thinks it's backed by gold. <laughs> um, you know, it's backed by the good will and faith of the government, or mm-hmm. a.k.a. bullets. Or lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the army, but, yeah. <laughs> but really what makes it valuable is, uh, if you don't want to go to jail, you're going to pay your taxes. Right? I don't care what kind of sovereign citizen rule you want to play. They always lose in court, and the people with the bigger guns win those decisions. And you're going to jail if you don't pay your taxes. And the U.S. government will only accept one currency for taxes, Mm -hmm. the dollar, Mm -hmm. which incentivizes everybody to use the dollar, right? Um, And so if you're in Guatemala, right, and you don't want to be hit by all this inflation, your money being deflated away, you want to hold dollars, but that's not beneficial to the Guatemalan government. Right. And so they put these capital controls. They say you can only have X amount. You can only trade up to X amount of dollars. You can only maybe yeah. only get a hundred dollars. So because if if everybody's selling, what, what was the Guatemalan dollar? Quetzales. Quetzales. If you're getting rid of your quetzales for dollars or Bitcoin or anything else, the quetzales is going to go yep. even further down. Yeah. It's only going to increase it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a government problem. And if you're like an open government, right of the people and all that, that's your problem. But if your government isn't really listening to you um, and they just sort of do their own thing, their problem can't be your problem. You still got to, you know, pay rent. Yeah. Eat. Um, So you need a way around the capital controls. And, yeah, I was shocked. I just really learned all of this in the past year or so about how much stable coins. People talk about the crypto part. Mm -hmm. Stable coins, which is probably the least crypto crypto there is. Yeah. Right. Um, And at least cool, I guess. Well, people want simple, right? So, like, you know, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. I love my Bitcoin. But it's for everyday purchasing and all that, it's not where it needs to be right now. Stable coins are. People want to just sort of use what's easiest for them. And it's digital. It's fast. You can do the remittances Mm -hmm. without having to go through a Western Union. Cheap. It's cheap. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there's a few. I, I wonder... So why USDT over like a USDC or a DAI, which is a more like decentralized stablecoin version? Um, why not another? Why, why do you think USDT is the because one? because it's simple. It's uh, like it's one to one. The fees are super super cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes almost like free or you know like less than one cent, depending on how much you're sending. Right. Um, and that, and that's because UADT, if you like, if you use UADC, that's that's Ethereum, right? You're right. using Ethereum, so right. you're paying the gas fees on Ethereum. If you're using UADT, you're using Tron, 
Yeah, that's the uh, other surprising thing I just learned. Oh, wow. Tron is yeah. the most useful blockchain for these remit. It's like the worst blockchain in the world. <laughs> most centralized, scammiest, sort of, not maybe not the scammiest, but, but yeah, it's, in the, yeah. it's in the contention. But oh, it's also wow. the one being used the most for something useful. Yeah. I didn't you know, know Because I mean? it's, it's like it's a more of the same. So Tron, all these companies, they're companies. Mm -hmm. They're just like like Western Union, but in the blockchain. Right. Uh, so it's, it's more of the same thing, but uh, I think it's a little bit better just because you can track things. You know, like you can you can go to the scan and see like, where transactions are going. Right. So is it the fee alone that's, that's sort of driving that? Just the fee, yeah. I mean, that makes sense because it's all about at the end of the day, so, right? So, for example, yeah. if I want to send $100 uh, in Tron using, mm -hmm. using DODT, um, I don't know, the fee is going to be like like $0.05 cents right. or less. Right. That's pretty pretty yeah. good, especially if it's uh, the or less piece. Yeah. Um, so how do people get their hands on it, though? Like, how does, well, before we get that, how does the Guatemalan government feel about all of this? Are they, like, actively intervening? Are they sort of hands-off, like, let They're people so do their thing? Hands-off. They don't even know, I think. People, oh. people do it. I uh, think they have to know, right? I mean, or they act like they don't know. Something is happening. I, I wouldn't put a, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't undervalue how pompous mm. leaders can be, and the more authoritarian the government is, mm -hmm. even if it's a democracy. What kind of government structure is in democracy? Well. So, so even in most democracies, right? They're loose democracies, mm -hmm. and I don't know anything. I'm not saying Guatemala is a loose democracy. And I don't know anything <laughs> about it, but it doesn't matter how draconian it gets. The more draconian it gets, actually, the uh, the more pompous they are, because it's like yeah. Hey, It's like, what? what is this? This is what happened in America with Bitcoin. This is why Bitcoin became, mm. you know, where it is, arguably the same thing with Ethereum, um, especially when it was proof of work Ethereum. Um, the government just didn't care. So few people in government realized um, yeah. the potential. Nobody took it serious until it was significantly decentralized enough yeah. where they can make it really hard. Like there's sort of some attacks going on right now in the U.S. against crypto, but um, it's too, they can't stop it. Mm -hmm. They can just make it hard for us, but then yeah. you got to put national interest, especially your country like America, right? Mm -hmm. You let El Salvador, you got the Central, um, um, that the, uh, Central Republic of Africa, mm. um, they've both made it legal tender. Um, I know there's a few countries in South America yeah. and Latin America who are Maybe not making it legal tender, but making it acceptable for per they're officially deeming it okay for you to use as an alternative mm -hmm. currency. Mm -hmm. um, so, but there's a lot of countries who aren't going to be thinking about it, and that that's good for for the citizens there. Yeah, um, but I think it's coming because like Guatemala is is next right next to El Salvador. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, so we are. We neighbors. share a border, right? Yeah. 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 We share a border. How much of the, is there cultural crossover there? Uh, it's it's very very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that, then I am surprised they don't know anything <laughs> about the Bitcoin thing. No, the, I mean the government, they, like not that they don't know, but that they don't. They, they don't, don't want to talk about, about it. To hop on. 
No, there are some um, uh, senators and a new new presidential uh, candidates mm -hmm. that are like trying to prom like to say, hey, like we like the blockchain, we right. like Bitcoin. Uh -huh. um, I don't know if that's something just because it's something new and they want to get votes, but they're saying it. They are like going on TV and saying, no, we like this. They like blockchain, or they like like the crypto assets. Because there's a big difference. Yes, in no, no. They, they they will say we like blockchains or we like Bitcoin and like comparing it to what El Salvador is doing. Yeah, it could be that they don't know what they're talking about though either. Like right. they could just be like trying to fit in almost. Yeah, yeah. The, there's that, and then there's also the um, there's also the uh, CBDC issue, right? Yeah. I think it's like um, Nairobi now is they've been trying to implement their own CBDC, and they're going through these bank run things. They've, they've issued capital controls. Oh, wow. People are, like, tearing up the ATMs, as far as what I can tell, because they don't, they don't want any piece of this little government-controlled money. Yeah. And uh, a lot of governments are really, really moist about the uh, idea of CBDCs because mm. it gives them ultimate control. If you thought capital control is like, oh, you just can't use a bank is one mm -hmm. thing. Right. No, imagine if they controlled your penny. Every time you tried to spend a penny, yeah, they could be like, nope. <laughs> it's like playing yeah. a game where you're just trying to hit a wall. It just yeah. bounces it back. Yeah. Um, so a lot of them get excited about, even though most CBDCs aren't on blockchain, but I, I don't think, again, the politicians, the ones talking about it, don't really know the difference. Yeah, I um, Have you heard any t murmurings from Guatemala or anywhere in um, Latin America, South America about like CBDCs or even looking at it seriously? I um, not really, but I know that in Venezuela they have like some kind of CBDC already, like using it. Is that the uh, what they make that little oil back token they had? So, so something, something like that. But like everybody has access to it, right? But does anybody use it? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but they have it. I know that was going to be their. Um, I have a little chart here that's sort of breaks down. See if I can find the name of it. But yeah, I know they were really trying to. Uh, push that once the U.S. when Venezuela, we didn't like their government, right? And mm -hmm. so we cut them off the financial rails and then um, they they were the first ones, uh, they tried to go get their gold back. I think Germany had custody of a lot of the Venezuelan gold, so they're like, oh, we're good, because <laughs> we got all this gold. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. called up, if but it was Germany, they called up whoever had it, and they were like, like give us our gold. Yeah. We, we got this. But that country is part of the U.S. system, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. is like, you can mess with them if you want to, but we're going to cut you off. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they're like, nah, it's our gold. Yep. Like, we know. So give it to us. Yeah. Nah. All goes back to self-custody. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it all goes back to self-custody. Countries got to learn how to do that. Um, what about, I know another thing that was during the pandemic um, play to earn became a really big thing in a lot oh, of countries. Yeah. I know, like, uh, there was the game Axie Infinity, yep. and I think it was Thailand, I think that was like primary, but like Argentina was like a close second for that because it was a way for them. Now, I'm not saying this was like good money politics, mm -hmm. but a lot of them were using the game economics to mm -hmm. earn, and there were people who were like earning more than that. Like you said, you were. People would make three fifty a uh, a month. Yeah, they could play this game and make like seven eight hundred dollars a month. Yeah. yeah. Why would I go 
work. Yeah. Yeah. Do, so do you have an experience with that? Yes. Yes, I know people that played Axis um, in Argentina. Um, but yeah, it, that game. I mean, that's ma- so many games in play to earn. Um, people from Thailand, people people from um, Vietnam, Venezuela, Argentina, mm-hmm. um, and that's because let's say let's say I'm I'm in the U.S. So I can I I don't know I have money and I can buy one Axie right and it's it's gonna cost me two hundred dollars. Me as in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Then I can I can hire somebody from Venezuela right. and be like if you play my if if you play my NFT yeah, this game you're gonna make a hundred dollars right. right so I'm renting my my NFT and he's playing and I'm making a hundred. Right, being here in the U.S., I'm not making anything. Right, like I'm not doing anything. And he's playing, and he's making another hundred. Right, just all that passive income for for us. Yes. Right? Yeah. But that's how people live. There's finance. You know, we had that money versus finance episode. Yep. This is it. You know, your money is your money, but finance is how money spreads. Yep. Figuring um, out ways to manipulate it. And yeah, they had whole economies around this. They built up DAOs where you could just uh, what's that called? You like yield. Yield farm? No. Nope. No. Yield guild, I think it was called, mm-hmm. or basically, yeah, it was just what you were just describing, right? You you own the NFT, you basically give it over to the DAO, and in exchange, you'll get all the this percentage of income from it, mm-hmm. and then somebody in another country just plays it, rents it for free instead of them having to buy. Yeah. The expensive because they got priced out really quick, right? Mm-hmm. When you first started with one of these games, yeah, it's like easy to get; they're almost free. Mm-hmm. But once it catches on. You know, yeah, what are we luck. talking about three hundred fifty dollars salary, and the, the the one playable character costs like you know ten grand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just priced the people that was supposed to help out, and yeah. so now we rent it to them. So I guess this is this almost comes into that uh, whole uh, anti landlord sentiment yeah. <laughs> piece. It's like, oh, this is working for you. We're going to take that over, pimp it out, and. Uh, Make money off your backs from it. <laughs> is that still going right now, or it, it fills it out? I don't think it's very popular. It's nowhere near as popular as it was. It's not gone. I, they, like, I mean, reduce, I'm not there. I don't know. Did I wonder if they re- reduce like the amount you can earn or something, or like why would the popularity go away if you're making money off it? Well, because a lot of it's Ponzi economics, mm-hmm. right? It's like anything that's bearing yield, and this is where I, I see an argument. Against against a lot of crypto products mm-hmm. in especially developing nations um, because even in you know a country like the US or the European Union something like that the economics don't make sense it's a big ponzi scheme you know whenever you hear the word yield where yeah. is that coming from right exactly it's kind of, you know they're either printing money out of thin air which is the whole purpose of us getting away from yeah. this or it's just a scam flat out um, or, you know, you're making very low yields, and then it's a supply and demand thing. So there's yeah. a high supply, yeah, something like Axie Infinity, assuming it was on the up and up the whole way through. Then, yeah, a lot of people want to play it. The yield goes up because there's more demand for it. Mm-hmm. But everybody stops playing it. The yield goes down. And then that just sort of becomes a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. But, if again, again, if you're in a developing nation or if you're in a... Um, even a nation that hasn't hit developing status yet, but it has enough internet connection or something to get into one of these games, right? You go buy an Axie, you lease it out to Brian yeah. in, in another country. He plays and earns and earns and earns, but he's tired of only making 30%, 50% of it. Yeah. He saves up enough to buy his own Axie. Right. 
but then you're not interested anymore, right? So yeah. everybody stops playing, and now he just worked hard to make all this money, nice this money, and if yeah. they're not converting it quickly into something else, then they're in the exact same boat they're in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting the concepts of what you could do. Yeah. You know what I mean, and again with that borderless, um, without having as many capital controls and permissions. Um, so you got the remittances, you got like the play to earn stuff. Um, what other, how much in trade is it actually being used? Like people who are. <laughs> the ghost <laughs> in the room. Right. Um, how much, um, how much is it used in like everyday commerce? Are people actually like buying milk and eggs and stuff with it, or are people? What are they doing? Is it just really remittances and then speculative other things, or wealth preservation, or what? Um, no, I think in Ar in in Argentina, people are using a lot. Like they are using Binance. Have you have you heard about it? I've heard about it, but tell us about it. So so in Binance, they have um, they have Binance Pay. Right, and that means that you can pay using any crypto, mostly USDT, mm -hmm. uh, just scanning like your phone, like paying like that. Oh, and, right. and people are using that, and it's, it's huge in 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 Argentina. And Binance is just your bank now. So Binance is a bank, right? Because we're not talking about Binance Chain, like the quasi decentralized thing. It's the actual straight up exchange. Yes. Right. So what is now? I feel like that's where you run into high risk of like that government intervention, right? Because mm -hmm. they're going to have, I'm assuming they got some kind of banking laws. So how do they, how long is that going to last? Is that just until it gets on the government's radar or is that something where it's going to last? I think, I think it's going to last because like somehow they, they're banks and they can say, oh, we're going to be a bank in, in Argentina now. Mm -hmm. um, I see pictures of, um, the CEO of uh, Binance going with the president of Argentina. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's trying to buy his way out <laughs> <laughs> into that whole scenario. But then if the government changes, and this happens in any government, right, it can flip. Yeah. You know, this is why the U.S. is sort of, U.S. is attacking, doing a lot of different things. Like last week alone, we had like three different, the IRS, mm. uh, the SEC after cracking, and I forgot there was another thing. Um, but the thing is, we're also just about to kick off another election cycle. So by the time they get anything through where it becomes time for a vote, it's time for a presidential election mm -hmm. cycle. Yeah. No votes are going to happen. And then we'll see. You know what I mean? If the same administration and, you know, party keeps power, then maybe. Then yeah. there's rollover. But if it changes, it doesn't really matter what this administration tried to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I assume it would be the similar thing there unless you have – you know, a president who's been like a president for life and they're yeah. serving their 38th year is... <laughs> yeah, the older <laughs> Um Which is possible. Um, but yeah, the, the whole Binance thing, this, this is the most interesting thing to me about some of this. I see two sides. Um, they just had like the big Bitcoin conferences in Africa a couple months ago. And there was so much development, like somebody had developed a way to, um, you know, people always say, oh, what happens if the Internet goes down? 
Well, they don't really have good internet there. So that was never really a reliance point. So they now can send Bitcoin through SMS text messaging. Yeah. So And they have tons of cell phones because that was a money alternative before crypto, right? They would sell um, phone minutes. That's how they would oh. trade because they're, they're – we think we have banking problems. Yeah. They got banking yeah. problems. And it's like, well, I can't trade for money because if you're selling a good, that might not be good tomorrow. Yeah. Right? Remember Zimbabwe walking around with a trillion dollars to buy some bread? Yeah. So I can sell some phone minutes because a minute's a minute. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so now they have things like where they're sending Bitcoin through SMS. They have, um, because they're in these developing nations, um, truly developing nations that don't really have much infrastructure, so that a lot of them are using like Bitcoin mining to like, there's a lot of stranded energy you can do, use um, that's that's unusable. Um, so they're utilizing that with Bitcoin mining to sort of subsidize some pricing and for some of these remote um, smaller towns and villages bringing down their overall energy costs because the Bitcoin miners are acting sort of as that buyer of last resort. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's, um, so you have places like that that are using like sound sort of economic models. Um, you've got to have some, there are some places that are like using the stable coins for real usage. Mm-hmm. It's not just sort of, it's not just a hedge against the inflation that's actually being used in currency. But then I think there's also probably a large amount where it's questionable economics, right? Like, it's better than what they have, but for how long? Like, how long do you depend on Binance? Yeah, Why isn't that the exact same thing you use it now, just slightly better master, right? Right. Or a ch- when you're dependent on a chain like Tron, it, it brings up the question of fees. You know what I mean? There's um, Fees have a use case. There's, you know, I just wrote a little blog post about that, like the high cost of cheap fees. You know what I mean? You can really screw yourself because fees are part of how you secure the network. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have these cheap fees. It's easy for a chain to get hijacked. And then you're in the same problem again, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, but you can't have high fees because they can't afford them. You might as well use Western Union if right. I'm paying. And like how Ethereum was during that last bull cycle, Right. Oh if you gosh. wanted to send a hundred dollars in yeah. remittance fee, you might pay five hundred dollars in transaction fees. My word, that's yeah. a little worse than ten percent. <laughs> yeah, just a smidge. Um, is there any talk? Is there anybody there? Is is that even a concern, or is things sort of so bad in some places? It's like that's just something we'll kick down the road and figure out later. I think that that's what it is. Yeah. Like okay, uh, it works now, so it's mm-hmm. fine. Let's use it. All right. What um so you say you do um some consulting right talking about sort of wealth management and all that so what does that look like there how would that differ does it differ at all from like how the same kind of principles you use for wealth management like in America is it a totally different concept because it's a totally different economy I think it's the same thing yeah yeah all right <laughs> that's easy <laughs> um well what what else is going on there. Um, economically that we haven't sort of like talked about what's what are some things like we don't know well I wanted to swing back to um, the using the exchange to pay for stuff because I actually use still Coinbase um, because it's easy I do the same thing like I, I scan my phone to pay because I want to I want to use my um, my coins and so I kind of want to like draw a little bit of a parallel to the US mm-hmm. what we're doing here because um, I don't know is there is there another 
better option to spend um, our cryptos to like buy like the eggs, like you say, or like mm-hmm. buy gas or something like that. Because if there is here, then there, potentially there's something that they could do there. But I don't it, know of any. It's funny. I think it's the reverse. I think the bigger, like I go, you know, we do the meetups on Wednesday nights at Detroit Beer Company. If you're in Detroit, every Wednesday, <laughs> 8 p.m., come to Detroit Beer Company. There it is. <laughs> um, but like we're we're trying to get them to accept Bitcoin as a payment there through the Lightning Network. But right. we got a lot of our bartenders and 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 stuff. They accept it. That's how we tip out. Right. So I only tip in in Lightning. And I'm not using a Coinbase account. I'm not using some permission third party. Right. I've showed them all how to set up their own um, Lightning wallets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gotten really, really simple. And we just send them Lightning. And I feel like they're the only people I know who do it the right way because they earn it. Right. They're not buying right. crypto. I'm really mm-hmm. against the idea of buying Bitcoin or buying. You can exchange I mean, get rid of my dollars, get rid of this crap fiat, and get mm-hmm. some sound money, but it's the idea of buying it. But they're not even doing that. They're getting it sort of anonymously. Yeah. Um, they're earning it, so they're not, like, trading money out for it. They're stacking sats, yeah. and they're doing their thing. And you could do the same thing with a stable coin. You could use services um, like Coinbase, even implement those, right, into a stations, but you still got that third party. And this is sort of what happened um, – you know, with cracking. Mm. Are you guys familiar with what everything that happened and sort of the details of with what, the staking? Yeah, with the staking. But maybe you want to just touch on it. <laughs> so the SEC went after cracking because they're providing staking services for a multitude of cryptos, but Ethereum was sort of the target thing. Um, and it's not about so far. This specific case wasn't about proof of stake in and of itself. It was about the concept that I have some tokens, I give them to this third party who then stakes it on my behalf Mm -hmm. and then pays me a yield, a percentage of the yield back. Mm -hmm. But now it's custodied, right? And so Kraken never discloses what they're doing with this. This is what brought FTX down. FTX took your money. I mean, they were, let me not. This is not what happened with FTX. <laughs> Kraken is a respectable company. Been around for a long time. Probably yeah. one of the best, if not maybe the best player in the space. So I'm not making that comparison. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the SEC's argument is that like FTX, people put their money in and don't know what FTX did with it. And they were off doing all these side hustles just like a regular bank. More yeah. centralized problems. The SEC's argument is we don't know if Kraken was doing that or not because they didn't disclose what they were doing with it. And then registering on their website, which I think is absurd. You can't register on their SEC's website. <laughs> um, but it's it was a thing of you have these third-party custodies, which now makes it potentially a security, which is the same risk I worry about like in developing nations with like the Binance situation mm-hmm. or any centralized crypto, even if it's not a um, it's centralized, but something like Tron, where it's like it's obviously manipul- easily manipulated, right? Um, are we putting people in the exact same risk factor we're trying to call ourselves saving them from by using those services? So, yeah, if you're doing the Coinbase thing, yeah. why is that different than just using a debit card and putting your money in a bank? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Coinbase could at any point tell you no. Yeah. This is BlockFi. This is Celsius. Right. This is all these companies that just went down doing the exact same thing. Um, versus, yeah, setting up. You can set up a, a system where you can just use it. It doesn't have to be Bitcoin. Like I said, in Venezuela, to my understanding, they were using Dash because it had low fees. It's sort of an, it's an anonymous know, yeah. co- coin, right? Um, and they were just doing it directly. But they were cashing out really quick. This is the thing, the other problem with it. Uh, it's being used as sort of this in-between thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the idea of a Bitcoin is you earn Bitcoin, you get your Bitcoin, you spend in Bitcoin. I'm not getting Bitcoin to turn it back to dollars right, to right. go buy something. Right. I wanted to just buy with Bitcoin. Well, and that was my problem with um, Coinbase because that's what they're doing, basically. Like, right. they sell it and then they purchase it for you base essentially in dollars right and but it is one step closer so that's kind of why i'm i'm doing it is it though well let's look at the binance thing right if you're in guatemala and you're using binance yeah crypto's involved but is it (laughs) yeah how do you know because binance is a closed door system right Mm -hmm. so you you're you're saying you're buying some crypto right on this Mm -hmm. binance card or account Mm-hmm. But how do you know they're just not showing you a database ledger that says you've purchased it? They're not, how do you know they're not FTXing it? Right, right. Right? I guess you, you don't. You don't know. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. So why is that better? That's a wonderful question. It's, it's not better. <laughs> I mean, it's cheaper. Yeah. I, I see why it's better today. That's why I asked earlier, like, are they thinking about the long term or is it just today? And when th- I have the convenience and luxury to sit here and think about... Yeah. The investments I make and the, the what I'm using for money and how it's going to look 10, 20, 30, 40 for my kids, kids, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not worried about eating right. this week or this month. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about where I'm laying my head right. tonight. And I'm while I'm worried about my government pissing away my purchasing power, mm-hmm. I okay. also know if the whole world's economy collapsed, the U.S. is probably the last one to fall because the world's economy is based on the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. So as long as somebody depends on the dollar, there's some use case mm-hmm. for the dollar, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I, I know I know how to check my privilege on it, yeah. which is why I'm, you know, really asking you mm-hmm. about it and how people are looking at it. I I worry about it. Um, I think that's something you should start consulting people on, the the long-term risk factors. Yeah, well, I was also going to say maybe, like, so, okay, first I have a question, then a suggestion, if it's correct. So, like, then would the solution to, like, people using the Binance Pay or the the Coinbase Pay, would that be, like, to set everybody else, to set everybody up with Lightning wallets and then do, like, a peer-to-peer and then kind of maybe have, like, um, a POS system that accepts um, via the Lightning Network, kind of like what um, our friend Eric, my friend Eric, is working on. He's my friend, too. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, but I, again, I have to question. I'm all in on the decentralized everything, right? right. Mm-hmm. Not everything. That's not true. A lot of things. There are a l- yeah. lot of things that we used to have to depend on central authorities for, like banking, mm-hmm. right? I don't know you. You don't know me. 
I need somebody. It's just like if you're gambling or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like we both know dude who owns the gambling house. Right. So we're going to let him hold the money while we gamble away because mm-hmm. he'll just pay out whoever gets it. I can't mm-hmm. just trust you. You're going to give it to me. Are you saying like the person who owns the POS system, basically? Well, the person, of? that central entity. So that yeah. could be the bank, mm-hmm. which turned into the Federal Reserve. Or that could be um, a, a Coinbase or a Binance if you need a trusted system. I don't think you need the trusted systems for like finance anymore Mm -hmm. i think we can build that off but again i think i'm also probably speaking from a little place of privilege because i'm in an area where we can folk we can play DeFi happens in developed nations Mm -hmm. right it happens in your major cities in asia Right, um, your capitalist economies in Europe, America, Canada. Because well, they have extra money to we, play with it. Yeah. We're not worried about what we're going to eat tonight. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't want to say like, oh yeah, yeah, we just build decentralized peer-to-peer everything and just Guatemala get on it. <laughs> if you yeah. don't have the infrastructure to do it, do you have a, a strong enough internet system? I have no idea. So I mean, I'm, I'm really asking, like, yes, in is. my opinion, you should. But how? How? How reasonable is it to expect in any midterm time, five, ten years, for a a decentralized system or a peer-to-peer system for money or anything to be built in some of these countries? Mm-hmm. What What's your opinion? You, you've been there. I don't. I've been I to Ecuador think, once. I think we're um, we're far away from that, uh, and that's because of um, because of education. And, you know, like okay, we we, we can do lightning wallets and do peer-to-peer transaction but that's you and i or like people that can do that right. but you you cannot tell that to somebody that yeah that's is thinking what he's going to eat tomorrow yeah so they want you know just the, the simple thing oh yeah let's do it I, I need the dollars uh so that that's okay let's do it like that right you know what i mean but, but um like what what el salvador is doing in el sonte mm-hmm. uh, uh, bitcoin beach right um <laughs> uh, they they are doing that like you, you can pay with your bitcoin wallet right. you don't need to go to binance or like any exchange um you can pay directly with your bitcoin but even like in el salvador isn't it still sort of this third i know a lot of them use strike which you know props to strike but they're still a centralized service yeah and what's it the chivo chivo wallet mm-hmm. again just another that's a government controlled wallet wallet so it's like, it's just like, uh, you know, old masters, new masters, same as yeah. the old master. They're just using, you know, you know, Bitcoin and cryptos who are modeled after the Bitcoin model are built to be peer-to-peer. And I don't think even early conversations when we see, it wasn't really conceived how like the the idea of an exchange mm-hmm. when bitcoin came i was like mine earn bitcoin or you know earn it right they the, satoshi and them weren't talking about oh man no imagine somebody can set up this exchange where you yeah. can give them all your id and information and do it <laughs> they expected it to yeah. be peer-to-peer and that's just not the real world how it sort of developed um but that's what i'm trying to i'm trying to get at is like how can we get it back to peer to like what would this what would a solution look like to get it back to being peer to peer where people earn it mine it i mean if i had I the mean, answer know, i'd be selling I mean, the I answer know. but i think <laughs> but part just... of the solution is instead of instead of being arrogant and playing finance games on our end 
we should be looking to South, specifically South America and Africa because those are the two countries who are being s- the most creative, mm-hmm. right? And who needs it? It's not finance bros coming in and just trying to replicate CFI in a way where they can mm-hmm. avoid um, regulator- regulations and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's people who need it. We yeah. didn't. It wasn't a Western country that developed. Um, a way to send Bitcoin over SMS messaging. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like it was somebody in Africa who was like, "We need to send Bitcoin. We ain't yeah. got no internet. Yeah. We let's do this." And yeah. they got creative with it. You know what I mean? It's going to be people in South America and Latin America that are being creative yeah. out of a need. Right. They're and then the we pain. need to be looking. I think it's more like having this conversation. Like, all right, instead of me to go into Brian and being like, "Hey, tell everybody like they need to be peer to peer," it's more like, all right. Ryan, what are people doing there that's sort of working on this? And how can we take this stupid investment money we spend on, you know, gambling games with yeah. crypto and put it into the real developing nations? Because that's what I look for. I'm trying to uplift pieces of Detroit. You know, if you've been to Detroit, downtown is, you know, going through this renaissance era, but the neighborhoods aren't really seeing that yet. Mm-hmm. And there's not much of a difference. They have in Detroit, same as anywhere in the U.S., there's a certain level of floor of support, right, that they have. Um, so I don't want to say, like, Detroit's, like, the worst. It's not like Haiti, right? <laughs> yeah. But we can look at what people are doing in Haiti with with crypto and Guatemala and every place else. And if it's working for them, why can't we implement that here to the people who are unbanked or, you know, lightly banked? And use those same principles. I'd rather look to to people there, and find the implementation. That's how I would mm-hmm. go about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so I would love with you and um, the connections you have. Start asking them. Yeah. You know, like, hey, what's what's happening, and how can we help? Because that would be a mission I'd be on board with. Sort yeah, of like, pushing. what are the opportunities there? Like. No. Not, yes, but no. When you say it's like opportunities there, then it turns into just like the... the Money, yeah. Yeah, the, well, it's like the play to earn stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take what you're doing, pimp it out, and then sell it back to you. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I want to find ways where we can help build what you're building because it's, it's going to be easier. But infrastructure, crypto aside, right? Africa has a lot of things going on with infrastructure because they don't have infrastructure they're not fighting comcast and you know major utility companies who already own infrastructure why would they give that up Hmm. if you don't have the infrastructure it's easier to build off the off the rip you can be more creative and then take those ideas and implement them here Mm -hmm. right and you know i'm looking for inspiration not looking to come in and be like how can we how can we extract value out of it? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be the... I don't want to be the animal farm. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, what was it? All, all animals are created equal, but some animals are more equal than others. You know, it's just I don't becomes, know that. I don't, oh, well, go read Animal I, Farm. Yeah, let me go read Animal Farm. Um, all right, well, how can... We're getting near the end of everything. So how can people learn more about what's going on, get involved, get involved with what you're doing, Brian? Um, how can people learn you. more, reach yeah. out to you, ask more questions? 
Yeah, so so people can find me at uh, www.cryptosharks21m.com. All right. We'll put the link on our website, theblockument.com, so you can okay. quickly get it. Thank you. Do you have a Twitter? Um, I do have a Twitter. Um, it's crypto. Should I say it, or can you put it? <laughs> uh, we'll put it. We'll go ahead and tell people, okay. but we'll go ahead and uh, put it on our show notes too. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah. Any uh, any last thoughts on any of it? The developing nations, crypto, good, bad. I think everything is good. Um, even even the uh, using the USDT or any stablecoin. I think it's good just because it will create the adoption. Like it's gonna get people more familiar to crypto, even even though it's not you know it's not the perfect uh, scenario for for Bitcoin yet. Yet, yeah, <laughs> but um, but it's coming. Right. Um, yeah, it's coming. It's not gonna happen in the in the in the next ten years. I would say like maybe fifty. Right, because we're 50? so far. I mean, fifty, maybe, maybe twenty-five oh. here, but that's gonna reply oh. to like fifty or sixty over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really hope it's the opposite. I hope we see it there first. I mean, we're going to see there uh, uh, first uh, there, but not like you know, like not at not, scale. Not at scale, yes. Yeah, yeah, because once we figure out it's working, we're gonna take it, we're and, gonna run take it. it and run it, yeah. Yeah. and then sell it back to you at a at a premium. <laughs> We suck. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll... uh, (laughs) On that note. Yeah, on that note, (laughs) we will dig out. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Check us out. We have uh, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all of them at The Blockument. Mm -hmm. Um, Go to theblockument.com for all the show resources, places you can watch the show, listen to the show. Um, we'll we'll put up some resource links, um, so you can learn more about what we're talking about. Yep. Um, and uh, you can go find past shows. Yep. That that we've done. Um, there will be a few that are relevant today, like the what is money, money versus finance. Um, so what blockchains and why are they useful? That was like our first show, I think. Even self self custody. Our self custody yep. stuff. Yep. And get your learn on. Well, get it on. Um, go to DetroitBlockchainCenter.com. We've just uh, revamped the website. We now have like articles talking about things similar Ooh, to this. Um, so go check that out. And uh, how can they get in touch with you, Ashley? Um, I am at, well. I they can get in touch with me on um, I through our TikTok. Really, um, I'm just I'm pretty much on Facebook because really all I got them old. Old? Is that because you're old school now? I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> something. <laughs> We're all that. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, um, hit a like, hit subscribe. Uh, we don't do advertising. At least we're never doing advertising now, so um, that all helps spread the word. And uh, that is today's show. We'll catch you in a couple more weeks. Yep. Um, until then, you know, come for the riches. Stay for the revolution. Stay for the revolution. We'll 